1: So while I get adjusted to my new work schedule and Steve and I figure out like, you know, the best time to record episodes of High Potion, um, we, we came up with a plan. We got us a little bit of a special episode for you guys this week. This is an episode about a favorite of our game, uh, a game of, not doing great, um, one of our favorite games, Ghost of Tsushima. This episode was recorded back in the summer of 2020 at the height of the pandemic, locked down. Um, and it was recorded for the Blue Harvest Patreon. You know, we were Steve and I were hanging out in Discord playing games, you know, and just decided, like, why not, you know, record a couple of episodes uh, about these games we're playing, throw them up on the hype or the, the Blue Harvest Patreon as a little bit of a bonus episode. Kind of the birth of High Potion, to be completely honest with you. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to play for you guys the Ghost of Tsushima episode we recorded. Uh, it's not just Steve and I. Our buddy Randy, who you guys might know from the Sith list, was along for the ride as well. Um, and I think it's a good time. And uh, we will see you guys really soon with you know brand new, fresh episodes. Just trying to figure out scheduling and all that stuff you know luckily we were able to get together a couple of weeks ago for our you know summer game announcement episode or whatever you want to call it so uh sit back enjoy the ride this is a trip back into time to do three dudes who were very excited to be playing ghost of tsushima (laughs) game developer reached directly into your brain and pulled out the perfect game and put it into reality well i sure have and they came pretty close we're talking about ghost of tsushima today and i got two buddies with me Corey was going to come over and record but he got lost in the mail so we have randy
2: hey how's it going
1: and steve what's up So, yeah, I guess we're going to talk about some Ghost of Tsushima. Um, I'm sure
2: it's just going to be... he should
0: have shown up. I mean, I think he played Ghost of Tsushima as much as he did uh, The
2: Last of Us. Yeah. He he watched somebody play it on Switch for an hour or two.
0: Right.
1: (laughs) Man, uh, I wonder how you would... Well, I guess, like, you know, because he watched uh, The Last of Us 2. I guess with Ghost of Tsushima, you would have just... Edited out all the story parts and put them together as a video. Otherwise, it would have been a whole lot of running and climbing and fucking chasing <laughs> foxes and shit.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think this game should have been called Fox Petting Simulator because mm. that's basically what I wanted to do all the time.
1: Yeah, about 50% of the time it could be called Fox P- Petting Simulator because the other 50% I'd turn around and the fox would have magically disappeared.
2: It's the worst feeling.
1: Um, so in half
0: the game, I'm either falling around a Fox or birds telling me to go somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. And then I found out that they added like fireflies. So it's like, it's like fucking snow white.
2: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They added the fireflies of course, after I found everything for the platinum. So that was, that was good timing. But uh, if I ever play through it again, I'm I'm sure it'll be good. Yeah.
1: I, um, (laughs) I guess we're all three part of the platinum club on this one, huh?
0: Yeah, I couldn't put this game down, man. Oh, yeah, I know. I had to get it.
1: You ripped through that game in like a week,
0: dude. Like that's like quarantine and working from home. It's just a bad combination when there's a fucking game <laughs> we're
1: playing. Yeah, for real. Um, so, uh, how would you best describe? Ghost of Tsushima for, like, the elevator pitch for someone that hasn't played it or doesn't really know much about it. Like, it's open world.
0: You want to take it? Yeah.
1: What do you say, Steve?
2: Yeah, I mean, open world, uh, Feudal Japan, Samurai. That's pretty much your your elevator pitch. Everybody knows, <clears throat> knows what open world games are these days. And, yeah. you know, we talked about it while we were playing it. A lot of people wanted to compare it to, like, Assassin's Creed which I guess from a historical aspect makes sense, but you and I talked about it. It really kind of felt like it had a little bit more in common with the Shadows of Mordor games than uh, than that, gameplay-wise.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I could see elements of Shadows of Mordor, some Assassin's Creed, maybe some Far Cry. Like, it took mm-hmm. a lot of ideas from other more recent open-world games and kind of just meshed them together obviously infamous which was this company's previous franchise they were working on plays a bit of a role in that too um i don't know i just i feel like it was a really well done open world game and while there was a lot of collectible collect-a-thon type stuff most of it didn't bother me too bad because the collectibles at least gave you something they weren't just mindless you know searching and seeking for something mm-hmm. to fill out an achievement list like something.
0: assassin's creed games like every year where you're just like doing like fetch fetches and just like trying to check the box on your map like mm-hmm. everything you go to find in the map feels like it has like meat on the bone like so much to the point to where like some of the checkpoints are going to, you're not really like actively doing anything. You're just kind of just relaxing for a minute. Yeah. Like whether you're doing like a haiku or just like, just like reflecting on something. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's one of the coolest things about this game, man, is the way they kind of really play into like the warrior poet kind of thing. They like really just like the stereotypical, what everyone loves about Samurais or what we have made the mythology of Samurais is what this game is.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. I, I think that, uh, you know while it did have like the open world you know whatever you want to say concept of go here and and do this thing 40 different times on the map i did like how they they were able to make everything kind of make sense and the theme kind of like he was talking about like uh the doing a haiku or uh, you know soaking in a hot spring just thinking about your journey so far just the more contemplative aspects um even even like the um Shrines and the foxes. A lot of that was just kind of running around, jumping. There wasn't like any combat or anything intense going on with those. So, it, it definitely had a lot of more chill vibes than most games, which I really appreciated.
1: Yeah, it's real easy to, you know, if if you don't feel like grinding out a bunch of combat scenarios or combat situations in the game, it's real easy to just chill and search around the map because every nook and cranny of this map is beautiful. Like mm-hmm. as like I don't want to take anything away from the Assassin's Creed games. I will say that this was a more if you're going to compare it to Assassin's Creed, this was a more satisfying experience uh than maybe the two most recent Assassin's Creed games. Not that I didn't think they were good, but sure. There's just something, I don't know, there's just something about the flow of this game and it's not, like Randy was saying, it's not an overabundance of bullshit. Like, I was explaining it to someone who was like, sell me on getting uh, getting Ghost of Tsushima and it's somebody that I know really likes the Assassin's Creed games and I was like, it's like a very good Assassin's Creed game without the bloat, like the unnecessary shit. Um, and like, it's, I can't really describe, but like every inch from North to South is extremely well-crafted, um, and more variety, In every
0: sense of the word. Yeah. Like visually, like content wise, mm-hmm. that thing is, it is the artist, the artistic design on this game is one of the few times where I'm like, oh, my God, the artistic design on this game is fucking really good.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it has me wanting to get, like, the art of Ghost of Tsushima or some shit. You know what I mean? Like,
2: <clears throat>
0: they did... Breath of the Wild a lot.
1: Yes. That was another comparison that I made was it felt very similar in in many regards to Breath of the Wild. You know? Um,
0: I even Obligation felt... Navigation isn't dictated by, like, the map. It's more of, like, just your curiosity and where, like, you're interested in going yeah because it's not really trying to push you in a direction you're just kind of exploring and you want to
1: yeah and and mm-hmm. you know when you're ready to continue on the story or you know handle some of the bigger stuff, it's there for you, and you will eventually because of the way you know the three regions of the map are separated, you will eventually get to a point where you have no choice but to continue on with the story because I don't know about you guys like my method of operation for a game like this is. To get to the point where I can start doing the side shit and do all of that in a region before I progress the story at all, um, I like
0: that too. I'll I'll do as much as I can to the point where I feel like I might be like making the game sin at the end. And I'll leave a little <laughs> bit and then move on to the next thing.
2: Yeah, yeah. I I think I, you know completionist vibes. Yeah, I definitely like that. And in a, in a way, it kind of hurts you in this game because the story missions are the ones that unlock the cool abilities that would make all the other shit more fun to do you know so it's like almost like we should do all the story missions up until the last one then do all the side stuff yeah and you know uh, say,
1: go ahead randy
0: i wish there was more uh, i was gonna say i wish um like yeah the story stuff is cool i really like the uh like the legendary quests where you mm-hmm. get, get those either were cool. weapons armor i wish there were more duels man
2: yeah agreed that, that was just part of that specific storyline and um, that was it, but yeah they they could definitely have had more of those. I enjoyed the duels a lot. Yeah, we haven't they, even talked about the combat yet.
1: no, we'll <laughs> definitely get into that um the The duels were so cinematic, like mm-hmm. and just pitch perfect like it's crazy how well they nailed the vibe, and it's- it's stylized, of course, but man, the vibe that they got with the duels with, um, just the setting. And, you know, I don't know why, but going in, you know, I kind of felt like maybe the environments would be not super varied, but I was completely wrong about that. Each region has its own vibe and its own environmental settings. Like obviously the last region you go to that's up in the mountains and stuff is full on snowy. And then, like, the middle region has more of, like, a swampy marsh feel to it. Uh, I really like how Beginning they
0: buried Beginning of the game, when you're running with your uncle through the endless forest.
2: Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. And then on
0: the way back, it's all just fucking burnt down.
2: hmm Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's like a fucking wasteland.
1: Mm-hmm. So, uh, Steve.
0: Areas are really Uh
1: Steve brought it up, so I guess we should get into it. The combat. This is an area that I feel like sort of make, can make or break a third-person open-world game like this. You know, like a lot of games will lean heavily on the exploration and the side quests, and combat is more, at least feels not as polished or sort of like a uh, second thought. But I don't know that you could say about that about this. To me, this had one of the most satisfying melee combat systems i've ever played
2: yeah i totally agree i think uh definitely compared to other open world games it was it was worlds apart i enjoyed it from the beginning to the end it never got old parrying somebody perfectly and uh killing them with a perfect strike or you know switching a form to something that was going to take down a guy and uh messing them up with one of those charge attacks i love that it was so fun
0: what you thinking, uh, for- like the groups that are running down the roads and just like Mm-mm. just not because like you need to do it just because you want to have another fight because the combat is just so so fun it's like ambush someone or find a different way to approach them like the combat is so varied and uh, dynamic that it's fucking stupid fun and I can't say that for Assassin's Creed I feel like their combat's kind of like a gimme like, mm-hmm. yeah you never really have your back against the wall in an Assassin's Creed game
2: <laughs> totally agree yeah I mean like you could just go in there and just sword you know like samurai sword fight them to death or you could get all ninja jump in with a black powder bomb and uh smoke bomb and kunai and all that other stuff and the the tools were fun too i didn't even mess with those as much as i felt like i should have by the end of the game
0: yeah it was about that when we were talking about last of us and i was making a i was kind of taking a dig at the game because they make such a commentary for you not to do that stuff Mm -hmm. but but it's like it so flies in the face of like the narrative but i obviously they they work it out by the end you're not supposed to be what you're you're like the dark knight you're like I'm what Gotham needs exactly <laughs> yeah but did you guys like use that kind of stuff a lot
1: i you know I, mean, I i got to the point where i definitely was using the tools and seeing some clips of people doing really cool shit online like steve sent me a really cool one of a guy like running, like riding his horse into a, a group of Mongols, jumping off, throwing a smoke bomb in midair, and then just immediately assassinating everybody. And I was like, well, I got to try that. So, you know, like, it, I, I feel like the tools, not only were they like all fairly useful in combat, they opened up some really cool possibilities and didn't back you into a corner of like this is how you have to play to be most effective
2: that totally totally agree makes sense they just added a different level to it and you didn't even need to use them you know like they made everything a lot easier if you did (laughs) almost to the point of where it was like end game fights felt easy with those things but you know that's Part of being a badass, I guess. Plus, I was playing on normal difficulty. Randy, did you play it on Lethal?
0: The hardest one that had at launch, at first, I, I figured it was going to be like a fun system, so I wanted to kind of be challenged by it, and I didn't mm-hmm. have anything else to play, so I was like, I'll do it. But it really, honestly, I'm kind of disappointed that that harder difficulty came out after the fact. Mm-hmm. I would like to play that. But it really wasn't that hard, I, I don't think.
2: Cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I didn't have any your, what, issues. What yeah,
0: like by the like the last boss, it, I felt like I was just kind of cakewalking it.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hard and I talked about that. We we. I don't think he hit me once in that last fight, duel and fight afterwards included.
1: <laughs> yeah. The uh, At
0: that point you're a badass.
1: <laughs> yeah. the <laughs> The final battle, like from the beginning when you you start like the big army battle until you get to the one-on-one stuff with the final boss, I didn't take a single hit. Now, granted, I was using every tool at my disposal. If I needed to hit a group of dudes with a sticky bomb, I was throwing a sticky bomb. You know, I was picking dudes off with my bow and arrow, shooting explosive arrows. Like I was using everything I possibly could. And then, I mean, we haven't even talked about ghost mode or standoffs or... Any or the of, bow and arrow, which yeah. I use a
0: hell of a lot of that. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um,
0: like, like, just like at that point, when you're at the like the end of the game, you become so used to using the parry system, and the camera on this game is like stupid good. Mm-hmm. Usually, like third person games have really bad cameras where you can't see a person coming like from the side of you, but you kind of, you're always kind of spatially aware of everything that's going on.
1: Yeah, and for a game that doesn't have like a. Um, What would you call it? Like a radar to show you the position of your enemies like
2: or a lock on mechanic
1: or a lock on mechanic. Like, and I've seen some people sort of like complaining that there's no lock on command mechanic. And I guess I can see that point. But to me, that would have almost made it a little too stiff. Like it seemed like the flow of combat benefited from there not being a lock on command.
2: Yeah, and I love like the FromSoft games. You know that about me, and they have a lock-on system. So initially, I was a little annoyed by it, but like w- ten minutes, maybe with the system, and I totally forgot about it and did not wor- need it at all. Like the way it works is just you just don't
0: need it, you know. FromSoft game, like having that lock on, it's like because every hit is so like do or die. Mm-hmm. I think with if this if this game had a lock on system, it would encourage you to be more reckless. Mm-hmm. Because you wouldn't have to guide your swings as much. I think I think it works in its advantage.
2: Yeah, I agree. You can just change directions super easy.
1: Um, so I guess we should talk about standoffs, which were by far one of my favorite things about this game. So the standoff is like when you're approaching a group of enemies or like a fortress or something, you can initiate standoff mode where your dude starts talking shit and then one by one the enemies will come and sort of like stand off against you and it's it's not super complicated you have to hold down the triangle button and wait for them to make a move and as soon as they start taking a swing you release the button and it's an instant kill and then as you uh you know progress and level up or get special armor you can increase your standoff streak and man is it satisfying to walk just balls out into a fortress, start a standoff, kill five jokers with one hit apiece, and then just mop up the rest of the dudes that are in there.
0: And that that initial like swing is always satisfying because even if they're trying to fake you out, and if some guys like get you a few times because they they kind of come at you a little bit quicker than the other guys, mm-hmm. oh when you, oh it's so fucking satisfying that standoff system is like the most boss way to take down a fucking
2: town i love it too i, I was terrible at it in the third act though i couldn't get it like they, they would fake me and come at me too quick for me to even get it which sounds pathetic but i don't know i just couldn't get the hang of it it's a, see that <laughs> was something... then i would just rip everybody apart in combat but i just I'd, I'd start with like a handicap or something the uh the
1: standoff thing is interesting because i had difficulty. At the beginning of every act. So like, you know, like at the beginning of act one, it took me a little bit to sort of just get the system down and figure it out. And then I was like, oh, I've got this. Like I nailed these every time. Then act two comes around and they start throwing in like the Ronin samurai for you to fight against. And they have a different timing and they're super quick. And so I was screwing them up, but eventually got the timing down. And then once again, I was like, oh, okay, well, I've got this down. Then Act 3 comes around, and you have the Mongols with, like, the fire swords and, you know, the, the different enemies they add. And their timing is way different, and they do way more of, like, the fake-out moves. And inevitably, they would get me with that. Even after I got the system down, sometimes they would get me with that. But I did manage to eventually sort of get the hang of it, probably because I just refuse to to give it up and not
2: try So oh, i kept trying i just Fun. kept losing
0: <laughs> i didn't like, care really though yeah water, yeah you got you got it it doesn't matter even if you get fucking killed in the fight oh so, uh, yeah, yeah absolutely do it, man
2: yep <laughs> it's honorable
0: man it's just fucking honorable oh or fucking uh that i i love the system where you start uh intimidating like where you cut off like the leader's head oh god, he no. everyone yeah oh, that shit's so fucking cool
1: yeah, yeah that was great the introduction of ghost mode because as we were playing through i was talking to steve and i was like you know the one thing i wish maybe they had done a little more of was like decapitations or limb dismemberments you know like because they do happen but they weren't super common um but once you get to ghost mode and like you pop those two bumper buttons. Oh my god, is that satisfying? Because it all works on. Like to unlock it, you have to get a certain number of kills without taking damage. And I believe it's seven initially, unless you get the upgraded ghost armor, and then it's five. Um, but so when it becomes five, like you go into like some of the in-game fortresses. Do a five man standoff and then immediately pop ghost mode, it's all over. Mm -hmm. Nobody can touch you. You feel like such a badass.
2: Agreed. Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. It's like starting with eight kills.
0: Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like those big like story battles. Like that's the only thing I really can't like say anything bad about this game, just that there's not enough of the things that I really fucking enjoy. And there's already so much in the fucking game. But, like, like those big story battles where you're taking on, like, 40 fucking people, those feel fucking awesome because you're just, like, fucking ripping through people. Yeah. I wish there were more of those scenarios.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and and I feel like playing this one, and and obviously this game has been really successful for them, so inevitably there will be a sequel. And whenever that day comes, I definitely see the areas that I think they will sort of uh, iterate on and Enhance in the next one, and that's one of them. I bet you whenever Ghost of Tsushima 2 comes about, we're looking at probably a lot more of those large-scale battles, especially considering we'll be into the next generation by that point. So you got to imagine that stuff like that will really get an increase in the future.
2: We may even get some DLC.
1: I wouldn't be surprised. They... You know, they have a history of doing DLC for their games.
2: Yeah, and as successful
0: like, like as one this one off, was. Like, side DLCs that aren't necessarily, like, part and parcel with the actual game, but just, like, one-offs. Yeah, right. I, I
2: It wouldn't... would be cool if they did, like, a, a, something dual-focused for a DLC. hmm I wouldn't be surprised they, if... They uh, took uh,
0: a... What's-her-face? Um, I forget the character's name. It's been so long since I played it. Um, you're, uh, Tomo? Like, your. Yeah, yeah. If you uh, played uh, her as she's going to, uh, I don't know, like, isn't she supposed to be going to like Tokyo or something like that?
1: Yeah. She's, I think so. Yeah, she's headed sure. towards the, the mainland. That would be really cool. I didn't even consider that. Um, like a more yeah, I'm not archery. sure what they
0: would do for DLC. For if you were to stay on the main character, I'm not sure what they would really do.
1: Yeah, cause, uh, and we'll talk about the story in a second, but like, the way the story wraps up, it seems like they've sort of put him on hold until the next game, unless it's all about cleaning up the island. You know what I mean? Because they do sort of establish that there's still Mongol forces wreaking havoc on the island. Um, Unless that's the focus of the DLC, but I don't know. I mean, you know, I guess they could uh, introduce some sort of new main villain for that, but I, I kind of feel like his story is going to be on pause until you know whatever they do to continue it in the future as far as like a second installment his, of the game
0: his story is so in line with the island itself so if the island doesn't change i don't think his story can really change because that's kind of half of half of the whole thing the island has so much character
1: yeah well you know steve and i were talking And I kind of wonder if the eventual sequel won't be Ghost of Tsushima, but it'll be Ghost of something else. You know what I mean? Like um, some other Uh, smaller islands.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like
1: like maybe he will have to move on to fight the Mongols in another location because, you know, and and what are you going to do? Just have more forces show back up to the island and then it's just sort of a repeat of the same story? You know, like it could be kind of cool to explore him outside of his comfort zone of this island that he's spent his entire life on.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Mongolia. I mean, he, I agree with you, dude.
2: Yeah, he's he, he will always be known as the ghost of Tsushima. So I mm-hmm. think you can still call the game ghost of Tsushima with with it being in a different location. You know, That's I don't true. think it, I don't think you're tied to that. Right.
1: That's definitely true. Um i'm trying to think if there's anything uh combat related that we've missed
2: all right what were you Um, guys the go ahead the yes the heavenly strike on a staggered dude uh was one of my favorite things of all time to do i felt like straight out of an anime i just want to throw that out there
1: yeah heavenly strike was cool what was the other one that was like the three quick strikes
2: Oh, yeah, that was cool, too. The de- death dance or something. Yeah, dancing dance blade and or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> messed a lot of people up with that one.
0: I love that the armor, the armor is all, like, kind of encourages you to play different ways. Like, all mm-hmm. the armor is significant, all the stuff
2: you I like get. I loved the armor system. I, th- that leads to my one small critique, is that this game needed the loadouts worse than just about any game I've ever seen.
0: Yes. You're so right. so
2: badly needed it (laughs) but i love the armor system i'm "I'm
0: traveling now i gotta move this armor i'm like oh i want to scare people i gotta put on this
2: (laughs) yeah and of course it all has to match with the 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 helmet and the face and the color and the scabbard you know so
1: (laughs) yeah and one of my favorite And and the mask one of my favorite things about the armor system is that they didn't Uh, lock you in to to, having to use the full armor set to get the benefits. You just had to use, like, the chest piece. So, like, if you wanted to use the chest piece and, you know, a different hat or headband and mask that didn't go with that chest piece, you still got the benefits. So, like, I thought that led to you being able to customize and sort of, like, individualize the look of your character more than some games do, where, like, you get an armor set and you have to wear the full thing if you want its benefits.
2: Right. And I liked how it how it changed every time you would upgrade it, but it would still not lock you into that uh, visual change. Like you could go back to the more pared down version if you wanted to, um, which I like that as well. But I also liked how it just kept looking more and more badass. Um, what was your favorite set of armor? Randy?
0: I think I probably use the um what is it the like the family armor the most just because it had the uh the uh dual right uh, the Sakai you're, armor you're yeah okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I I think I use that like in white. I love that the dyes are freaking
2: awesome. Oh character. yeah. Oh definitely. Yeah. Mine I... was the um Gasaku armor in blue. Nice. <laughs> I use that a lot.
1: Um I think the Sakai family armor was probably the one I used the most, and it's also the one I visually liked the most, especially with the fully upgraded helmet that had like the deer antlers and stuff. Yeah, the
2: the helmet on that was really badass.
1: And then like the rare, well, not the rare, but the dye you get from the the black dye merchant that was sort of the iridescent black with purple and blue highlights that sort of changed depending on the lighting situations.
2: Was it called Lord of the Night? Lord of the like Night that? or
1: Lord of the Shadow, something like that? Something like that. Yeah, that
2: looked really cool. <gasps> um,
1: but
0: that, I... guy, that guy was down for his shit. Can we just say that? He was fucking sitting <laughs> on top of a mountain. He was just fucking yeah. making black dye. I don't know if he was selling <laughs> to anyone else, but he was about that life. Respect.
1: <laughs> dude. respect. Dude, he, he, you'd want to talk about, about a guy that found his calling in life, the black dye merchant. Like, even the white dye merchant is like, yeah, I'm hanging by a white ha- a lighthouse, like, I'll sell you some dye if you need no business.
0: The white dye guy is always going to have business.
1: Yeah. The black, is, yep. <laughs> black armor guy. He's in a swamp in a cave <laughs> yeah. hidden from sight. Exactly. There's no signage. He's not, you he's know, not marketing. no, he's not circulating ads in the local paper.
2: You got to find he him. Is. He's like a dark souls. NPC. He kind of <laughs> is.
0: He's like a dark souls storyline. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's impossible to find. <laughs> <clears throat> um.
1: Uh. Oh, okay. So, if you want to talk about slight complaints or you know slight critiques, I could have maybe done with about forty percent less headbands as rewards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Some of them were yeah. very yeah. cool you weren't looking. A fan of the haiku system.
1: I love the haikus. Like I no, thought haikus the haikus were, were cool. cool. Yeah. But having the reward for those be. 90% new headbands that are, sli- you know, just slightly different than the 100 other headbands you found. Uh, I was glad to find in Act 3 that instead of headbands, you found a lot more masks because those were my favorite parts. And you got some really cool ones like the skeletal mask and... Um, you know, just a lot of different variety the, as far as the that. The monkey
0: goes. mask was my favorite. That's
1: that what I was good. The monkey mask and the wolf mask. The
2: wolf mask. Yeah, the wolf mask was my favorite too.
1: Um are, are the two that I used pretty much exclusively in the end game. <laughs> um
0: Ugh. headbands is you would earn them and then it would tell you the name and you're like Oh, this one's gonna be fucking badass! And it's just like a black headband with a blue stripe. You're like, really? That's the blood letter? Come on! Dude. Yeah. Fucking <laughs> a.
2: That's funny. I like that it was a record of the haiku you came up with, which was funny. I was showing that that to my wife. I was like, look, this headband. You know, this is the haiku I I wrote for this headband. And she was like, wow, that's really good. You wrote that? And I was like, well, not really. <laughs> yeah you know because it's just like a choice of three lines or whatever but you know, it wasn't like i was sitting there <laughs> thinking of actually deep haiku about i re- never reflection like did about that
0: twice but it, my understanding was that there was more than like nine variables there was like you were going deeper into one spot and picking three from that spot so there would be more like i guess twenty seven variables.
2: Yeah, oh I see. So like if you picked one, then then it would take you to a different one than the other two.
0: You were like focusing on that one spot, then it would give you three spots from that. I'm not but I never played one twice, so I'm not certain. But if that's the case, I think that's
2: pretty fucking That is cool. That's cool. I'd have to test that. (laughs) I definitely didn't do do them twice.
1: It's funny. Um Jesse was watching me play and she assumed that the haiku system was something you could get wrong like that you could pick the wrong option because, you know, straight A students, like she's about that grade. She wants an A plus on this haiku. And uh, yeah. she's watching me play and she's like, you're nailing these. You get every one right. And I was like, well, <laughs> you can't really fail. And she was like, oh, well, I guess that's not as cool as I thought. <laughs> she's trying to get that A
0: plus. <laughs> you're right. <clears throat> you're like, yeah, no, I, I just, it just speaks to me, man. I get it.
1: Uh, you know, I, I look at her and I'm like, you've seen the samurai sword collection. You know I'm about that samurai life.
0: Right. You got to start writing her some haikus. But yes, yes. <laughs> there you one. go. Um, I enjoyed yeah, the I bamboo like strikes. Like, like a pessimistic and a optimistic side of the uh, ones, depending on like what you pick in the It's a good point um i'm sorry what were you saying steve the uh, i was strikes. saying
2: i just enjoyed the bamboo strikes as well while we're on the topic of side quests oh, yeah. I, I enjoyed those um uh just the like little fun like little mini game you know not too much thought into it every time you find one it's just like cool done in 30 seconds i feel good about it
1: so on the yeah. subject of side quest or not side side activities you got so much in this game you got fox dens haikus uh, you know, uh, hot springs, bamboo strikes. Um, I guess you could count like the, the towns or the fortresses that you liberate. Um, Mm -hmm. what were you guys what was your favorite side activity? Randy, why don't you take that one first?
0: I think my favorite one was, uh, freeing that one girl who says, this is all I got, but here you go. Just doing it over and over and over again <laughs> yeah <laughs> honestly like uh, like i'm just like dude was like this is all you got look i'm good you don't need to give me all your money no i honestly like i i'm not sure if it really counts but like all the foraging and shit was fucking addictive as fuck dude i i love this like getting the ingredients
1: dude i it's an it hits the same note as The Last of Us 2 did for me, where I would go into a new building in The Last of Us 2 that I hadn't explored yet, and I'd be like, oh, fuck yeah, let's look in some drawers. Let's open a cabinet or two. I'm gonna find (laughs) some good shit. Same thing in this game, where I'd be like, ooh, I haven't been in that tent. I bet you there's a Mongol artifact in there. I need two pieces of silk to finish off this armor. Let me go look in there. Like, and then... Like There's people, like, chasing you in towns, and you're
0: like, uh, I got to run it to grab this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: and then yeah. to, to the point where at the end of the game, I had everything upgraded. I didn't need a single, you know, uh, piece of crafting ingredient, and I was still searching everywhere. I couldn't stop, can't stop, won't stop.
2: Yeah, I feel bad really? for the for the bear population of Tsushima because uh, <laughs> they all got shot in the face with arrows getting some predator hides. But um I enjoyed the fact that they didn't like make you stop and I don't want to hate on Red Dead Redemption cuz that's a great game, but like you know, picking things up, you just hit a button and that was that. There was no animation, he didn't stop, he didn't bend over. That shit was just in your inventory and you could go on about your day. I, I kind of really appreciated that.
1: Yeah, because Red Dead Redemption 2 is a a great example because I don't know how many times I had to sit there for 30 seconds and watch Arthur Morgan brutally carve up a dead deer or a rabbit or whatever it was and be like, whoa, boy, well, this will (laughs) do. And, like, you know, the first couple times you do it, you're like, God damn the attention to detail. But once you're 30 hours into that game, you're like, is there a skip button?
2: yeah agreed and this one it, it was never an issue
1: <clears throat> hey um yeah man like so as far as my favorite uh side activity goes i gotta say liberating the different uh fortresses or strongholds or whatever you call them because Dude, I would get so excited when I would to cover one on the map. And then it was just like five minutes of like standing on a hill above and sort of like getting my strategy together. Am I going to go in loud like a samurai face to face? Or am I going <laughs> to climb uh, phone wires or not phone wires, like uh, ropes and shit? Uh, <laughs> am I going to shoot dudes with a hallucination dart and watch them all fight each other and clear out the crowd a little bit like.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) Something I really enjoyed uh, was clearing those things out. So much so that, like, after Act One, when I would get to a new area of the map, my first order of business would be to kind of try to run around and try to find as many of those as I possibly could. Obviously, some of them are like tied to story, so you can't clear them all out. Right. Um, You know, just initially. But I think that was my favorite. What about you, Steve?
2: The fortresses, man? Those were really fun. Well, uh,
1: as far as, like, side activities, what did you find? Yeah, your I think
2: probably those. Those were probably the most fun because I enjoyed the combat. But, uh, you know, uh, by the end of the game, I... There was zero finesse for me. I was kicking in the front door and just being like, "Let's get this over with." Get yeah. in the line, come on. Mm-hmm. You know, but, but whereas at the beginning it was it was kind of a little more nuanced. I was trying lots of different things, but because they give you those little optional objectives, you know, and yeah. by the end of the game, I did not care because I was already you know once you hit that max rank, it doesn't matter anymore. Obviously, so um, you can just do what you want.
1: Yeah, and I did notice very early on in the game it would act a little screwy with those bonus objectives. So like early on I came across this like small camp of mongols, right? That maybe had like five or six dudes total, and my bonus objective was to kill three dudes from above without being seen, but there wasn't a single place to assassinate them from above. So, like, it, it basically, it gave me a bonus objective that there was no way for me to complete. Now, as you go further in the story and unlock more abilities and stuff, that becomes way less of an issue. And it only happened to me that one time, as far as I can remember.
2: But yeah, I'll, and honestly, it's only, like, a tiny little bump anyway. So, it's, yeah. it's not really worth getting a twist over.
1: <laughs> yeah. um, But, yeah, much like you, in Act 3, it was just annihilation who cares what the side <laughs> uh you know bonus objectives were
2: um yeah it was gonna end in blood did
1: you guys have a side activity that you found to be like maybe your least favorite
0: hmm. mm. that's tough
1: like I'm, um, I'm trying to think of one and there's not one that immediately jumps out in my mind like something that I would come across and be like oh I don't want to do this no, not not
2: really I right. think it was all pretty well done you know yeah. like the shrines the shrines um, felt a little samey to me but like I didn't mind it like it was a, a little breakup in the, in the action another little fun thing to do <laughs> you know the parkour felt fine to me and this was a it kind of felt like a little more uncharted than Assassin's Creed mm-hmm. in those moments to me, but uh it still okay. felt good and uh
1: yeah, and the cool thing about um, the shrines were that like it was almost like a little mini traversal puzzle when you got to those areas like and it was never anything super hard to figure out, but like you know they varied it up, especially once they add the grappling hook into the mix, like mm-hmm. you, know, mm-hmm. you, you had some more options or some more like things you had to keep in mind as far as how you're going to get to the top of this mountain to pay your respects at this shrine
0: yeah like i think with with those since they weren't really like difficult they and they were so like magnetic and like how you would catch things like every time i approached them i would just try to do them as quickly as i could Mm -hmm. and just try to not sit there and stop and think about it because i think that's how they were fun yeah yeah yeah
1: uh now before we but, talk yeah about, i like those I, I like that break yeah uh before we talk about the story because i figured we'd say that towards the end because in case people are listening and don't want story spoilers um but there's another aspect of this game i think we have to talk about one that took i probably spent five hours with this aspect of the game and that's the fucking photo mode the photo <laughs> mode in this game, which photo modes are interesting to me because I feel like they've become a thing, I don't know, in the last three or four years. Like, it seems like with every big release, you'll see, like, oh, this game just added a photo mode, or you got to check out the photo mode in this game. But Ghost of Tsushima has one of, if not the most impressive photo modes I've ever seen in a game. The amount of Def- options... Yeah, de- definitely. Yeah, if options as far as filters and like the the particle effects you can add, and how easy it is just to hit the button on the D pad and freeze your scene right where it is, and then having full range of the camera and focus and all that stuff like so good. Yeah, and, like
0: even like in set like keyframes for the camera, you can like have A and B cameras and have it like it's like it's really fucking involved. In- yeah. Like, it does a great service to that game because it's so fucking beautiful to look at.
2: Yeah. And when Agreed. You... I've seen some pretty crazy uh, edits on Reddit already, like, of people putting together montages of them killing, killing Mongolians in, in fights where the camera's just kind of, like, panning around in a big circle, and it's going, cutting from fight to fight. It's really good. It's really oh, cool. I didn't mess around with it too much uh, myself. I kind of need Hawes to be there, being my Steven Spielberg directing <laughs> me, but... Like, yeah, uh, I don't don't
0: usually mess with it either. Like every once in a while, like when I would like be at a spot that I thought looked really scenic, I'm like, maybe I'll fuck with it a little bit. But for the most part, I didn't really uh, play with it. it It's probably a bad thing because it was really cool when I did mess with it.
1: I cannot say the same because I felt like for most of that game, I was on the edge of my seat looking for a cool moment to freeze frame. And then post a picture to Twitter. Like, someone even made a joke about it. Like, like a good-natured jab at me on Twitter about it. Because there was an article, uh-huh. like, maybe on IGN that said, you know, Ghost of Tsushima uh, users have taken over 15 million pictures or something. And this dude was like, oh, yeah, and three-fourths of those were hauls. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like...
0: Fuck, man. That's dude. what it's
1: there for. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, yeah. And... And like uh, you, you got to think about it because it's ingenious in a way. It is free advertising for their game. They're like, yeah,
0: that's oh, right. Yeah. That's why you see so many photo modes.
1: Yeah, like take yep. some really cool pictures and post them on your social media because that might get us a couple extra sales. Like it's and
0: so well done. Like I think the first one. Yeah, it, go ahead. It. it no, I was going to say, it just shows how much they believe in the presentation of that game. Like, mm-hmm. from that to the Kurosawa mode, they, like, so believe in the presentation of what they've put together that they go the extra mile to give you ways to, like, enjoy it.
2: Yeah. 100%. And... Yeah, they they like, just thinking of the landscapes that you just run, randomly run across when you're riding your horse to somewhere, like, 400 mm-hmm. meters away, and you just come across so many different things a field full of like beautiful flowers or cherry blossoms that are flying off in, in the wind. And it, it like, it happens like five or six times it, within 30 seconds. You're just like, wow, wow,
0: wow, wow, wow. Yeah. It's a
2: constant assault on your senses.
0: <laughs> yeah. It makes it fun to actually travel through like without doing any quick traveling and just going on your horse and just seeing what fucking shit happens. And like, uh, I, we haven't mentioned it yet, but the fucking HDR on this game is so fucking good incredible Mm -hmm. so good
1: (laughs) yeah it seems like i don't know man between the last of us two and this like it's you know because i feel like with the release of the playstation 4 pro granted the what is is the playstation because i can do i don't have a pro but i can do hdr on my playstation so is hdr just uh base PlayStation, PlayStation Slim, and PlayStation 4 available? Um,
0: yeah, as far as I know, yeah. It's just uh, software-related. Nice. Uh, I, I feel
1: like when HDR first came about with consoles, because, you know, this generation of consoles didn't launch with that. It was with the Xbox Series S and then – or the yeah. Xbox One S, not the Series S. That's coming out in the future. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then one, one maybe. X. No, the Series S had HDR.
0: As right? well. It did.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it did. Um, we, You know, when that first got implemented, there was you know, some great experiences that you could have with those, but it was mixed where, like, you would play a game and the HDR would not look great and you would actually probably be better just turning that off for that particular game. But, like, with right. Last of Us 2 and this,
0: man, they nailed it. They nailed it yeah <laughs> yeah i hope it's a sign of things to come and more people are gonna start learning how to implement it correctly and take it more seriously because i don't know about you guys but i'm like a fucking dork for that shit like when hdr is done well i find a game so much more enjoyable same
2: it
1: yeah.
0: adds a you know it adds this
1: unconsidered layer of immersion or something you know And Mm -hmm. then you think about the next generation and like, if they can pull off HDR of that quality consistently and then add in like ray tracing and shit, like Mm -hmm. I think we're, you know, a a couple years away from seeing some shit that's really going to start blowing our minds as far as that is concerned.
0: Um, Yeah. Like with, with mm -hmm. as much as like screen space reflections are becoming more commonplace with HDR as well. Like, Oh my gosh. Like to not be taking advantage of HDR and learning how to do it from like a development team standpoint. Uh, that, that's just fucking it's disappointing. If you don't have an HDR on your uh, release Yeah. to me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it seems like it's becoming a uh, standard at this point. And it's yeah. like you were saying, it's just a matter of them figuring out how to do it as well as possible.
0: Um, yeah, like, you take Red Dead Redemption, like, they like their first HDR was crap. It wasn't even HDR. Like, even a company yeah. like that could mess up HDR. So, it just gives you an idea of just how few people are actually, like, versed in it right now.
1: Yeah, and, like, we, it's a series that we've talked about, you know, a couple of times during this, like, uh, Assassin's Creed Origins, I was not stoked with the HDR implementation. And then Odyssey was a little better, but nowhere on the level of this nowhere close on the level of this and you're you know you're talking about a huge company with ubisoft and a multi-platform game not a you know exclusive game and and they were with hundreds of people yes thousands of people (laughs) yes spread off spread across multiple side studios so like they weren't able to pull it off so i you know i think going forward Now that we have so many examples of it being done super well, you know, like that's a big way the video game industry works is people pay attention to what other companies are doing. And then they try to ape that a little bit. So I really, that's one
0: thing you can't say, like not to like, like take it too far, but place Sony has been very good about their first parties, really giving good examples of how HDR can be done right between like horizon God of war spider-man spider-man yeah Uh, like all these games have different ways of approaching it it's not like spider-man isn't like in your face it's subtle but it's still like fucking really balanced and cool like just like all these sony games have had really really good hdr in the first party and years of war too
1: um yeah and and the thing is like the i love high resolution i love shit in 4k I'm the dude that will still buy 4K Blu-rays because I think they're better (laughs) than 4K streaming. You know, if it's a movie I really love, I'm going to buy the stupid expensive 4K Star Wars box set because I want to have it in Uh, the highest quality, highest quality possible. But to me, and maybe this is just me, good HDR implementation is almost more important than 4K. Like a 1080p... Game with really good HDR is I would prefer that to like 4K with like middling
0: HDR. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't even watch a uh, Rise of Skywalker until I could get a good HDR transfer to run on my computer. Yeah, and that
1: one's pretty good. Um,
0: yeah, that one actually is really fucking good.
1: They did a. Uh, I got to say, uh, you know, it's a bit of a side note. That whole 4K set is fucking great as far as yeah. the you know the upscale or whatever the hell they did to it yeah. <laughs> so um we were going to save this towards the end so if you're listening and like you're like oh i want to play this game but i don't want any story spoilers well now's probably when you should uh, cut it off and we're going to end off with a bit of a story discussion um All so right. uh you know i'll just give a basic synopsis and then we'll sort of figure it out from there but the whole thing sort of uh revolves around the main character jen sakai he is the nephew of a is it a shito is that what they call it? Is
2: mm, i'm not sure of his rank lord well, of you know he's not the shogun but
1: he's the lord of no, shima he's lord right. shimamura um And it opens on the evening of a huge Mongol invasion on Tsushima. Tsushima basically is situated between the Mongols and the mainland of Japan, right? So they're the first line of defense against this Mongol invasion. One that the mainland doesn't even know is coming yet. And uh, the samurai get their asses whipped and the Mongols invade Tsushima. And it's basically from that point... You're liberating Tsushima from Mongo, Mongol control,
2: and there's a big I want to just say uh, I enjoyed how koton Khan showed up uh, when he killed that samurai at the beginning. That was uh, <laughs> did that guy fucking dirty? Sweet, <laughs> yeah.
1: The Koto Khan is one of the one of my favorite video game villains at this point. They did a really good job writing him and making him not just sort of one note. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you would, uh, you could see how in a game like this, it would be real easy to just lean into the idea of the Mongols as like these out-of-control savages. But like, yeah. the Khan, he's educated. He spent years mm-hmm. learning Japanese for this very reason, for this, you know, um, invasion that he's planning. And, you know, like the head games he plays with the different characters and stuff, so good
0: yeah i like that they don't make him he obviously is physically imposing but he's more manipulative than anything else the way he tries to play to the uh the concerns of uh the samurai and mm-hmm. like in, in their honor he he's always trying to play on the honor and he's he ends up fucking with the the main protagonist in like some pretty fucked up ways yeah
1: and I'll say this, going into this game, one thing I was a little concerned about was the whole idea of either approaching the game honorably as a samurai or quote-unquote dishonorably as a ghost. Um, I like mm-hmm. the concept, but I was worried it was going to be a little too black and white, almost. Like Mass Effect would be a good uh, example where like, you have your Paragon path and your Renegade path or even uh, Knights of the Old Republic, light side and dark side and I was a little worried it was going to be a little too stringent with that where let's say you play solely samurai or or primarily like an honorable samurai and you would be locked out of abilities related to the ghost or vice versa, you play too much as like the ghost side of things and then be locked out of samurai stuff, but they didn't do that And the way they implemented that idea throughout the whole story, I thought was really well done, especially at the end of the game in the final moments of the game. I thought they
0: really nailed that. That's the one point, yeah, where I totally agree. Like they, they did up until that point, there were a few times where I wasn't playing that certain way. And I didn't like that the story was forcing me to still have that narrative. Right. That I was, like, uh, torn between two worlds. I'm like, no, I know where I'm going. I want to be a samurai, man. Yeah, me too. And <laughs> then it still wanted to tell that story. At, at a certain point, you're like, no, I want to use the fucking cool toys and everything. But at the end, like, it doesn't matter what you've done. Like, your decision right then is what fucking matters.
1: Right. So, Steve, what did you feel about the story overall? What were some of your highlights? Like, don't worry about spoilers. Like, let it all go. Yeah,
2: sure. No, I I enjoyed it. Um, The story was definitely the the strong point uh, to me of the missions. Uh, You know, the side quests I thought were, they had some high points and some not so great moments, but the story missions were pretty solid throughout. I don't think there was a bad one. And I enjoyed all the ones uh, we talked about earlier that were kind of epic in scope, where you're like, uh, you got like 10 or 12 people with you running in trying to deal with an invading mongol army you know and uh they they're firing those things at you what are they called watches yeah with the the hundreds <laughs> of arrows and you have to go charge in and climb yeah. up ladders and kill people and then turn it around and shoot the mongols with it blow up ships it was all uh really cool
1: yeah uh, that was a an, an added element like an added gameplay element that i didn't expect that i actually ended up enjoying was the hawachas or the however you say that the the uh the large mounted weapons you know with the arrows Mm -hmm. the flaming arrows um where i come from those are just robot archers man (laughs) (laughs) what did you think of the story randy what what did you come away thinking about it
0: actually i i i I didn't really get too involved into the main story I think the side story is really what I dug like the what I, I don't remember everyone's name but the uh the main the archer who's treat uh teaching you and the person that he trained yes like I really like that quest line like sure, it, that was awesome chasing her and finding out like what he's actually telling you it like what he's telling you is truth or if he's kind of just like covering some shit up the uh the uh your um uh Taka and his sister like you that know. whole story I thought was fucking cool as hell um but I mean like to me like the big story in this game is me and my first horseman. oh <laughs> dude that's that's what that's what this fucking story is about I don't care <laughs> about all that other shit and that happens I like right, after,
2: I love right you, after Taka, too. It, it, right after Taka. Like, within, I want to say, like, what Haws, and maybe 30 to 45 minutes after the thing with Taka happens, then the poor horse. <laughs> Dude, man. Oh, man.
1: I, I, like, they, you know, I I was, you start off the game, you pick out your horse, you name it, just like Randy. I named mine Nobu.
2: Um, Kage and, life, son. Kage. <laughs>
1: and you know you're running around with your horse and it's like he's cool he helps you out and but you know at first I wasn't like connected to the horse but then they started throwing in those little scenes when you complete a mission Mm -hmm. and you know it'll cut to you and your horse and you'll like he'll be asleep and you'll be leaned up against it asleep or he'll be like bothering you for food like these just little vignettes nothing long but really like gave the horse some personality. And your connection to the horse some some like weight. And so when the moment yeah. came that they fucking light your horse up like the end of Scarface with a bunch of arrows. <laughs> oh man. And then that stutter step it does right before mm. it falls. like Yeah, dude, heartbreaking. Heartbreaking, but so well done.
0: Yeah, like yeah. I seriously never gave a fuck about a mount. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, they... that shit. Like I lost a lot of horses in Red Dead. Good horses. <laughs> Good horses, horses that I had to climb into snowy mountains to find.
2: Oh, the, the I know the white Arabian horse thing is what you're
0: talking oh, about. Fuck yeah, yeah,
2: that <laughs> motherfucker.
0: But I, I, I would fucking trade ten white Arabians for Nobu.
1: I know, man. <laughs> and and we were talking earlier about how like you like if if you approach it a certain way, kind of like how I did, you kind of miss out on some stuff. So. In Act Three, when I'm running around on my busted ass Mongol horse that's got burn marks and shit all over it, looking like the Freddy Uh Krueger of horses, I was like, "Man, I miss Nobu." And then, you know, I'm one mission that I just keep avoiding away. Uh, Keep, you know, just very same thing. Yeah, where they give you a new horse, and I was like, "Oh, well, I should have done this way earlier." Yeah, Uh, still didn't get nearly as connected to that horse as I did Nobu
0: yeah I resented that motherfucker
1: <laughs> you coming into my life trying to replace nobu get out of here. they wouldn't even
0: let me name it nobu. that's no. how serious the game knew it was.
1: yeah, they completely take that first name off the table for you
0: yeah i was I was straight gonna call it nobu too <laughs> <laughs> people name their cats and shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh-huh. I oh, like. The, I,
2: I I do want to say I like the the side quests that had your main allies in them. Yeah. Like earlier when I mentioned the side quests that I I wasn't so high on, it's like a lot of the ones that were just ones you would find out in the wild or uh, uh just helping the random villagers out or whatever. But the the one with Norio, uh, the monk, kind of yeah. how his, yeah. his brother ends up getting fucked up too. That one was really yeah. uh, really hardcore as well. Uh, I think all those had kind of some pretty heavy moments, if I'm remembering correctly.
0: Yeah, I feel like every. Yeah, I think all of them end pretty
1: wild. Yeah, and and mm-hmm. they do a really good job of like endearing and and calling like making a connection with you and your companions. Like, I didn't yeah. want to see one of those jokers uh, go down in the game. And besides, poor Taka. Thankfully, it doesn't really happen. Ugh. Man, poor guy. Um, who is the older lady? Who's Masako, I was just Masako. About to bring Oh, her Masako, up. Yeah.
2: I like Masako. Yeah, I do too. You end up like dueling her and shit. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I was gonna say. In
1: that one mission where she flips her lid and decides she wants to kill you, I was like, oh my god, I didn't see this coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that shit
0: was. Re- I thought I was really gonna have to fucking kill her. Yeah, me, me too. too.
1: Yeah, I mean, you only cut her like three hundred times, and then <laughs> see her five minutes later, and she's like, hey, yeah. I'm, I'm here when you need me. Sorry about
2: that. Yeah, I just need to go see the doctor real fast. Yeah,
0: (laughs) you know I get crazy sometimes. Don't worry about me. (laughs) Um, that the the fucking like the atmosphere of that fight was so fucking cool. There was like, were there people like trying to rush you on the like the periphery as well? Yeah, yeah, that was such a fucking cool fight.
2: (laughs) Yeah, there was lots of cool fights. The duel, the whole duel storyline, I really enjoyed. Uh, You know, culminate in fighting that dude in the cave was by the waterfall
1: mm-hmm. i think oh and the ronin yeah. one yeah Or mm-hmm. no you're, are you thinking about the one that was it was a mythic quest or whatever
2: yeah it's a mythic it was one of the mythic tales i think the one the...
1: where you were fighting the demon that's what they called him he was like yeah. the mm-hmm. the ronin oh, the, that fight yeah and you go into that for cave. the Gasaku armor right yeah you go into the cave that, and there's like
2: yeah. the water no, on the that's... ground the one in the cave gives you the ghost—not uh, the ghost armor, but the armor that ups the ghost weapons. Uh, the Ten-Sai yeah, that's the Ronin one, is right? The one you get, yeah. Because yeah. you do—you <laughs> have to do the five duels, and then you fight that dude in the cave. Whereas the Gosaku armor is the one that you get from liberating all the farmsteads and getting the key. Oh, okay. I think. But but yeah, but um, the
0: demon one was a fucking badass mm-hmm. fight.
2: Yeah, that was—that's the guy I'm talking about. Yeah, he was—he was awesome. I like that fight a lot. In fact, he's the one I lost to the most, but it's probably, you know, because I was really into it and trying to study his moves. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Uh, Um, I feel like I got my ass kicked by all those guys, like, numerous times.
2: (laughs) Oh, you were playing on hard as well. I, I imagine that was at least a little more difficult.
0: Yeah, like, you can miss, like, a couple shots and you can totally be in the lead, and then it's just done.
2: Did anybody have a favorite combat stance? I'm sorry to bring that back all of a sudden. But...
0: Um, oh, no, that's a good point. Uh... I mean, what was I, the... like,
2: I like the shield one because you could do the um, charge yeah. Y and hit people like six times in a row. Yeah. I, I kind of enjoyed that one. <laughs>
0: yeah, that one yeah, would I think that's be the, the, one one. That, the one that had like the winding attacks, right? Mm-hmm.
2: Also, yeah, the spear one was... where you could kick people was fun as well. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, dude. That kick is so overpowered, man.
2: Yeah, that kick was really fun. I, I enjoyed that one a lot. You could just run up to him and stab him in the neck real fast afterwards, too. That was nice.
1: Once you got the kick down and you could just run up to a group of dudes and kick like two or three of them off of a cliff, yeah. like one after yeah. the other, and their dumbass buddies are just like, oh, he got kicked off the cliff. Well, I don't have to worry about that. But see you later, bitch. Oh. <laughs> and third guy runs in. But see you later, bitch. Just. Dude's yep. falling from cliff.
0: <laughs> the awesome thing is that there's the very same effect. If you kick them into water. Oh, yeah, really? Drown. Yeah. If you kick them into the ocean, like just the shallow part of the ocean, they're done. So nice. they're the same, the kick, just as effective.
2: Beautiful. <laughs> Turns
0: out no one in Tsushima learned how to swim. <laughs>
2: <laughs> or even sit up in shallow water.
0: Yeah, for real. Yeah. <laughs> they, just, they just fucking surrender. <laughs> <laughs>
2: maybe the armor just gets waterlogged real fast and it's impossible to sit up oh
0: there, just just leave me i'm done for
1: we were talking about armor and i can't believe i forgot to bring up one thing did either of you dudes ever use the mongolian armor no me. Neither. oh
0: yeah i did one time
1: one time as soon as i saw it i was like this shit looks dumb i ain't wearing
0: this yeah yeah it's definitely not aesthetically fucking awesome no, no man uh-
2: at that point, I was like, I don't need to sneak into any of these fucking villages. I'm just going to walk in the front door and kill everybody.
0: Yeah. I used it for uh, when I was trying to get like resources and I was just you know, going through the roads. I didn't want to get stopped by another fight. I was just that trying to get sense. resources. So having that on, they wouldn't stop me or I have to be really close for them to even pay attention. So it just made getting resources a little bit easier.
2: That's actually a really good point and probably the way they intended it to be used. So <laughs> I I think I that think was out.
0: because otherwise it would be like hey, it's me. Let's fight.
2: Right, yeah. cuz yeah, you do run into <laughs> a lot of people out on the road. Yeah. Oh
0: man. Mm, um, I'm trying to think what other like really good like fucking side quests there were. Um uh would you guys think of the uh the, like the swindler?
1: Oh, I liked him. The guy that would was constantly trying to sneak you in the back of his wagon into places. Yeah. The, the sake salesman, he's like a smuggler. Yeah. Yeah, I liked him a lot. Yeah,
0: I, yeah, I liked him. I liked that by the end he has like the little redemption arc.
1: <laughs> yeah, I could have actually done with a couple more quests in his like quest line or whatever, because it seems like there's only like maybe three where everybody else gets, you know, upwards of eight yeah. or nine. Um, right. I will say this, as far as side quests that aren't related to a companion or to the main story the one i thought was the coolest was the haunted forest one.
2: Oh yeah i'm glad you brought that up i loved that quest that was so cool R-
0: refresh me on that one what would happen to that? so
1: one? you show up to this camp it's at night and there's like they turn the fog generator up on the engine to like 300 percent and you're like talking <laughs> to this guy and he's like you can't go into that forest there's an Oni that haunts this forest and it kills anybody that goes in there. And like it, it does something this one time in the game that it never seemingly does again, where you're creeping through this heavy ass fog and there's like lanterns like sort of guiding your way here and there. And it's got like, you know, with the HDR and like the, the lighting with the lanterns mixed with the fog, it looks real spooky. And it just turns out to be a group of bandits but, like, the presentation and the fact that it sort of did this one sort of spooky horror-inspired uh, you know inspired quest in the middle of all this other stuff that's unrelated I thought was really, really cool.
0: I love that, like, the main character is, like, just so, like, spiritually, like, agnostic when it comes to, like, all these, like, myths. Yes. But he has, like, fucking magic armor and fucking he learned flaming swords from this guy who was fucking sitting on a cliff waiting for him. Like all these other like amazing things have happened, but he does not believe that that guy's not just some fucking thief who's pretending to be. Yeah, a human.
1: Yeah. I love <laughs> you know, Let's not even forget that he has mystical foxes who lead him <laughs> to shrines. <laughs> right? Like, you know what? Like he's living my dream, man. Do you know how much I'd love to be walking through my neighborhood and a fox just leads me to a mystical shrine that gives me a power up? And, yep. and then yeah, somebody... i wish
0: the dog just wouldn't growl at me man <laughs> yeah for
1: real. and then somebody would be like oh it's fuck. a demon and he's like there's no such thing as demons
0: oh, yeah, did, you, you, did you
2: guys remember the um quest where they had trashed the fox shrine oh oh, I, oh
0: yeah i have never
1: Those... killed somebody with more hatred in my heart. vengeance it was more like...
2: so than the final boss oh
1: dude it was like the end of revenge of the sith in this house like i was slaughtering them no it was like attack of the clones when anakin goes to the the sand uh the tuscan raider camp like I, I killed them all i killed the men and the women and the children and <laughs> i hate them oh my god that pissed me
0: off yeah they, they yeah no the i when i was done with the shrine i would wait to see if the fox was i was like we can gonna do the pet thing what's going on man yeah. Like, sometimes they would leave, and they didn't want the pet. I'm like, all oh, right, that's cool. That's cool, too. Uh, <laughs> you help me out. But, like, yeah, I was pretty tight with those boxes, man. So, that yeah, when that happened, f- I was like, uh-uh.
2: Dude, okay. But somebody must pay.
1: Before we wrap mm-hmm. up, I think we should talk about the end of the game. You know, we've kind yes. of discussed the, uh, the fight with the con, which is cool. But the real end of the game, post that, with the, you know, Jen and his uncle, like – what a perfect perfectly executed ending to that game
2: yeah it was beautiful yeah dude
1: like uh you knew it was going to come down to something like from the beginning of this game i knew there was some shenanigans that were about to be afoot with the uncle i didn't know if the uncle was going to betray me or what but like you know the whole idea of fighting honorably and, and you know, honoring your family. Um, as that went on and the uncle became increasingly disapproving of your methods and then, like, Jen poisons those Mongols and that really sets it off. He gets exiled. So you knew it was going to have to come to a head eventually. And, you know, the the way they set it up with him meeting up with you and then you guys are just sort of walking around and reminiscing and then go into the family cemetery and like it, it didn't even dawn on me at first that there were, you were about to have to fight your uncle and then like when yeah. when you get to where Jen's dad is buried and it it started to dawn on me I was like holy shit so well done
2: i just loved that that they they put in let's each write a poem about this before before this happens, like that's some some deep shit. You don't see people do that, uh, you know, ever. <laughs> like writing haikus about how they're about to how they feel about killing each other. I thought that was pretty interesting, and probably did happen. Yeah, right
0: yeah. Now. yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not sure if it's like fucking like super weighty, but it's fucking effective, man. Like yeah, just the totally. fact that they still kind of, even though they're totally on polar opposites, like ideologically, that they still respect each other as fighters and they are trying to savor the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: and the fact that his uncle is breaking down the entire fight and Jen is playing is yeah. is staying fairly well. You know, you know, fairly well composed until after you know, you make the final decision. Well, I don't know. I I chose the honorable one where I killed him. What did you guys
0: do? Yeah, I, oh, him I, I told I I didn't kill him. I was like Ooh, I'm not killing cool. a family member. I walked away and left him. I'm wow. glad one of us did did that. Yep. So, yeah, did I, you, I was just kind you, of curious, like what would happen if I he. Yeah, I think he started like crying, and he didn't like try to attack me or anything. He just kind of left. He just kind of hmm. stayed there, and I I walked away until the fucking sunset or some shit. And then was nice. like, "Go to Tsushima." Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I killed him. But yeah. So wait, wait, how does it happen when you when you kill him? So well, I mean, I obviously he dies, but.
1: So, like, you grab your um, the smaller of the two swords, like you know the ones that they would use to um, finish Seppuku. themselves off, Seppuku. and like you yeah. you stab him in the stomach. Like you get real, like face to face with him, and there's this real emotional moment where they're talking, and uh, you kill him, and then Jin breaks down. He does like a crazy, like animalistic scream and like loses it. And then it cuts to, you know, the end. And then, you know, it, it, uh, so from what I understand, you get two different sort of like dyes depending on like the one I got was all white for the ghost Mm -hmm. armor. Um, right. And then you also get a different like home base. So, like, my home base after finishing the game was, like, a rundown shack that's filled with Jen's uh, lifetime collectibles.
0: Okay, I had that.
1: Oh, so it doesn't put you in a different place?
0: No, he just, now I'm starting to remember kind of how it went down. Like, uh, your uncle, basically, as you're walking away, he's all, they're going to hunt you. They're not going to stop hunting you. You're going to be, like, a wanted man all through Tsushima. Right. And he's all, let him come for me you know I'm, like basically i'm the ghost like fucking what are they gonna do nice. and he just walks away and then he ends up in that yeah in that shack just kind of going over all the uh trinkets and shit oh okay <laughs> so yeah i think it's just that one spot like that one cut scene is what changes yeah it sounds like it
1: and you know i know that's yeah. sort of like a binary choice and either or but it's pretty well done and it's
0: pretty cool so yeah it's still totally affecting yeah that, i mean it's, i think it's cool that you can have a A choice that everyone's affected by, but doesn't make it to where you have to, okay, so now load your save from Ghost of Tsushima one so we can still tell the same story that you were having. Like everyone still has the same story, essentially.
1: Yeah, and and that's the thing I was going to say. At least as far as the infamous games go, which they did before Mm -hmm. this, you had a big decision at the end, basically to be a good guy or a bad guy. And like when Infamous Two came out, they said, well, the good guy ending as the canon ending and ignored the bad guy ending. So to continue the story on, they just assumed or that they, they said that's the choice that was made at the end of infamous one. So I wonder if they will do something similar with ghost of Tsushima too, because if you leave your uncle alive, you'd have to imagine that he would play some role in the sequel, but if you killed him, then he's not able to, um, so it'll be interesting to see. Well, I think that
0: what, what it tells me is inevitably he has at the beginning of the next game he has to die regardless. Yeah. Just to put everyone on a on a clean uh on the same blank slate.
2: Yeah, you know they could yeah, give you Yeah, you... you'd probably deal with like an envoy or something if he's if he's dead in the next game. He just yeah. wouldn't even be there, yeah.
1: Yeah, or you you know, it could be as simple as like the dragon age game like the latest dragon age game did something like this where you could go through and pick the choices you made and it would change right. like it would set that because it was between generations and you couldn't transfer over your dragon age one and two content from the 360 to the xbox one so maybe you know ghost of tsushima 2 beat uh, boots up and asks you what decision you made at the end
2: the witcher 3 did that as well I
1: yes think. it did it did
0: yeah yeah, I guess. That, I guess. Yeah, it really only comes down to that one decision. So it's not yeah. like it's gonna make it such a disparate fucking situation for the next person. Yeah, I don't.
1: I don't think so. At least,
0: I just remembered a quest that uh, a quest line that kind of creeped me out. Oh, what's that? The family one where you're uh, dealing with uh, that chick that your dad was fucking.
1: Oh my god!
0: Oh. I forgot all about lady? that. Yeah.
2: Yeah, poor, yeah,
0: she she's having yeah, dementia and shit. she, she was,
2: talks she about her dad. your dad right, teaching her how to ride a horse, I was like, oh, okay, I know what's uh, going uh, on here.
0: Mm-hmm. I was like, this bitch is pretending like she's crazy right now. She's trying to get some D. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: I kind of thought that might be where it was going. <laughs> I'm surprised it didn't. Um, so I think that does it for the story. You know, I mean, there's way more to go into, but like we can't sit here and one by one detail every story beat um steve did you have anything you wanted to bring up before we wrap up
2: nah man it's a great game Fucking play it if you haven't it's really great what a what a way to end the playstation 4 uh their their run this this generation with the last of us 2 and ghost of tsushima like dude killer crown their asses yeah
1: fucking victory lap you know what i mean like
2: yeah exactly Yeah.
1: what about you Randy you have anything to add
0: yeah it's just that's just a fucking just a such a satisfying game like it's hard not to like that game I can see how people don't like The Last of Us I can see how people maybe aren't into Horizon but this game it's like I don't see how you can't like it it's just it's so fucking endearing yeah yeah it's just it was like you said it's, it's a great way to end the like the Playstation
1: yeah well um, I guess that about does it, and uh, I'm sure we'll figure out what our next game we want to discuss is. I I feel like I'm in a little bit of a a new release lull. Um, I mean, I know Cyberpunk, I'm going to be super excited for when it comes out. Squadrons, yeah, we'll
2: definitely have to do one for that. Yeah,
1: squadrons, I'm sure. You know, <clears throat> um, but besides that, you know, I don't have anything huge on the horizon. Um. I'm going
0: to play uh, Avengers. I don't think it's going to be anything amazing, but I'm going to play Avengers.
1: Yeah, I saw you play in the beta. How how did you like that? Uh,
0: it's. Uh, I'm not going to say it's good. Okay. But it's fun. Okay. It, it's fucking ju- it's junk food video gaming kind of like stuff, you know. It's yeah. just a grind fest, but you're playing fucking Marvel characters, so it's entertaining.
1: Yeah, I think I'm going to wait on reviews to check that one out and stuff like it was one i was so initially excited for and then like found out they're kind of going the destiny route of replaying the same missions you know sort of over and over yeah in like the upgrade path and stuff and i yeah i don't know that that's really what i was looking for out of an avengers game but i could be convinced otherwise
0: so yeah i (laughs) it's hard for me to say play this game because there's so many like caveats to it like do you want to spend a lot of money this is the perfect game for you because <laughs> it's fucking just going to be buying a lot of costumes and the gear doesn't really fucking matter so really like your personality is totally based on fucking the shit you buy Yeah. I uh, you. but um I was going to say uh like I just started playing like I fucking for the first time played God of War woo oh. my god like I, I'm going through like my because like there was so many games I didn't play during the PS4. I got it for Spider Man and played The Last of Us, and then everything mm-hmm. else is just fucking haven't hit up. God of War is fucking amazing, dude. I don't know it's why incredible. I didn't play that game sooner.
2: Oh, I could I could talk about that. I'd have to replay it, but that don't I mean, twist my arm.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'd be down to <laughs> replay it. it. It's a little Such bit of game. an
1: older game, but I would not mind uh, replaying that and maybe discussing that. So maybe that's what we'll do. That'd be fun. There's a new game plus now, so there's like a bunch of new gear. Oh, now that's the perfect reason for me to get back in, I think.
2: Yeah, I will just start on a new game plus. Perfect. I need
0: someone to talk about this game with, so please, guys, play it.
2: All right. Yeah, this is fun. I'm down. I'll keep doing it.
0: All right.
1: Well, guys, uh, I think that does it. Thank you both for uh, sitting down and chatting with me about Ghost of Tsushima, a game that I was looking forward to for years, and damn, was it nice to have it pay off.
2: Fuck yeah, totally. That's a lot, guys. Always, yeah, fuck. y'all take care. You know, Toba Riga Ori
1: So no
2: to King Oh いつと